Hey, again, if you don't know who I am, my name is Joshua. I am one of the pastors uh, here at Enbrook. And we've been in this series called Count On It. And we're looking at six core promises, six things that you can count on that God says, these are promises I've given you, uh, that we can, yeah, that we can count on in our lives. Now, week one, Pastor Brent talked about uh, the promise of wisdom. So good, you guys, so good. Week two, we talked about the promise of God's presence with us all the time. He never leaves us. He never abandons us. And last week, if you missed it, Pastor Brent talked about the promise of power through prayer, that prayer really is the special connection that we have to the living God. And I just want to encourage you, if you've missed any of those messages, I just believe you'll be blessed by those. I would strongly encourage you just to go out to myenbrook.org. You can watch or listen to those, get caught up. I just think you're really going to benefit from those if you miss those. So I'd encourage you to do that. Um, well, today, uh, gosh, I want you guys to know, I, I've been praying for you guys this, the last couple weeks as I've been working on this message, because today we're going to talk about the promise of peace. And I just have this feeling that there's a, there's a lot of us that we could just use some peace right now, peace in heart, peace in mind. And, and so... And the beautiful thing is, is this is actually a gift that was given to us directly by Jesus. Jesus himself hands you this gift. Look at this verse in John 14. Look at what he says. He says, this is the words of, of Jesus to you. He says, I am leaving you with a gift. Peace of mind and heart. But listen carefully. The peace that I give is a gift the world cannot give so don't be troubled or afraid. It's different than worldly peace. Now, on a personal level, peace has always been something deep down that I have craved in my life, you guys, over and over again. And I debated whether, I'm, whether I should share these things from the front or not. Uh, but I just decided, you know what, I'm going I'm to go for it. Uh, I have found myself in so many difficult, hard life situations where I have needed peace so badly. I'd live, I've lived through, this is just to name a few, I've lived through the loss of all my grandparents. One of them did die from COVID. I lived through the divorce of my parents, very painful. I lived through my brother being shot and almost losing his life. I'm currently in the middle of dealing with aging parents and knowing how do I care for them? What do I do for them? On top of that, both of my parents both have wrestled with mental illness. And it's, it's not pretty sometimes. I've lost my father-in-law, who was an incredible man, to a vicious cancer at the way too young age of 69. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. I could go, and you're like, man, this guy's a bummer, sorry. I could go on and on. But I, I share that to say, I, I imagine some of you would have very similar stories. Very, very hard things where you just question and you go, I don't understand this. Why is this happening? But today's promise is for you. Through it all, the only thing you guys have got me through those incidents, and I know that's going to get me through the stuff coming down the pipe that I don't even know about yet, is this promise of peace, that God is with me. 
And this promise, you guys, given by the Lord, I can tell you, I'm telling you, you can count on it. It's not always easy to cling to. It's not always easy to grasp. I, I'm, I, right? I, I, sometimes I forget it's there. And if you're like me, I'm not always accessing it. But it's always there. I'm not always feeling it. So how do, how do I get there? If that is a promise, how do I cling to it? How do I access that incredible promise that Jesus himself gave me? Well, now, before we dive into those questions, I think it's important for us to clearly define what kind of peace Jesus is talking about. Because when I say peace, I think many of us picture this state of perfect calm or or, or perfect, right? Stress-free circumstances. Let me be clear. That is not God's kind of peace that you're thinking about. That's the vacation on the beach. (laughs) Now listen, vacation is good, okay? It's okay. Vacation is good. But God wants to do something different in your life than just provide you with peaceful circumstances. Now the kind of peace that God wants to give, I would define as the biggest mess I have ever been in kind of peace. He wants to give peace in the midst of whatever you're going through. Most times we define peace as an absence of noise or an absence of struggle. But God's definition of peace is the presence. It's God's presence giving strength in the midst of whatever you happen to be going through. Now, I will stand before you and admit it is very tempting to equate God's peace with my circumstances because there's no doubt that my sense of inner calm tends to go up or down depending on the circumstances around me. I know you can relate to this. Let me give you some examples, a few illustrations. Tell me if your blood pressure goes up or down as you try to envision yourself in these situations, okay? First, picture in your mind a super busy day at the office, 10 hours easily, constant interruptions, everyone's crabby, your boss is crabby, what happens to your blood pressure? It goes up, right? But now, picture a jacuzzi at just the right temperature, and you slide into that thing, and oh, the, the bubbles just melt the tension away, right? If you picture that, and your, your blood pressure goes down. Okay, now picture in your mind a birthday party with 19 three-year-old toddlers. Absolute chaos, and what happens to your blood pressure? Boom, through the roof. <laughs> All the parents in here are like, amen to that one. Now picture, this is my favorite one, picture that crystal clear mountain lake right there it just looks like glass it's so calm and you sit there seeing this in this beautiful picture that god has painted and i'm for me guys i'm telling you my blood pressure goes down and now picture being stuck on highway 35 stuck in traffic and you're late to that family gathering and your blood pressure goes up here's the point you see our circumstances do create a sense of calm in our lives. There's no doubt about that. But that's different than the peace that God wants to give. God promises a kind of peace that is not at the mercy of your circumstances. God promises a kind of peace that can be in your life during the busy day at the office, during the birthday party with 19 three-year-olds, 
and while you're stuck in rush hour traffic on Highway 35. Listen, we all know how to have peace when everything's coming together, right? When life is good. God says, no, no, I want to give you peace when it's all falling apart. We all know how to have peace when the storm's over, right? God says, I'm going to provide peace even when you're in the midst of the storm. So let's talk about some ways to count on and experience this peace that only he can give despite our circumstances. Well, we got to start. We got to start at ground zero, you guys. We have to start at ground zero when it comes to this promise. So most importantly, you have to make peace with God. That's where it starts. Now, I know there's probably some hearing or watching this, and that's the last thing you actually want to hear right now. Because right now, quite honestly, you're just angry with God. You want nothing to do with God. But if you want to experience the promise of peace from God, you can't have the peace of God until you make peace with God. And to do this, you've got to be in this right relationship with him. Let me show you some passages from the Bible that that make this clear. Romans 5 says this, Therefore... Since we've been, we've made, blah, 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 excuse me, we have been made right in God's sight by what? What's it say? Faith. We have peace, there it is, with God because of, because, that's an important little clause, uh, uh, conjunction, because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. Don't miss that. See, the Bible is clear that our creator, okay, God is the creator, we are the creation, all of us. Even though God created us to do good, we chose to do wrong. And that's built a separation between us and God, a place where we have to make peace with each other or it's not going to work out. Now, in much of my life, I thought, you guys, I'm the one that had to make peace with God. And in order to do this, I thought I had to come to church enough to make peace with God, or I had to read the Bible enough to make peace with God, or I had to pray the right kind of prayers, or whatever it was. I thought I had to do these things to make peace with God. What I discovered was I was wrong. The truth of the matter is it's not us who made the peace with God. God decided to make peace with us. He took the initiative, even though he didn't have to, Look at Colossians chapter 1. Look at what it says in the Bible. It was through what his son did that God cleared a path for everything to come to him. All things in heaven and on earth. For Christ's death on the cross has made peace with God for all by his blood. I am separated from God, you guys, because he's created me to do good, but what did I do? I chose evil. So Jesus dies on the cross. And it's not just the death that says, I love you. It is that. But that's not the only thing. It's the death that pays the penalty for the wrong things that I did. Jesus says, listen, I'm going to pay that price. I'm going to remove that penalty. I'll remove the separation By dying on the cross for you. And it gets even better. I want to give you the gift of that forgiveness that can only be given by me so that you can have peace with my Father in heaven. That's what Jesus did. Jesus took the initiative and took that first step. 
Now, if, if you're not sure, right, that you've, like, in your heart, like, you've made that peace with God, you think, well, maybe when I was a kid, I don't know, I can't remember. Guys, be sure. Be sure. Because it's not based on what you do. You don't make peace with God. God made the peace with you. You just have to receive it. So be sure today. In fact, in your mind, even right now, maybe watching online, you can just pray a prayer. You don't even have to close your eyes. You just say, Jesus, I accept what you did for me on the cross. I accept your gift of forgiveness, and I accept the gift of your new life. I want to live the kind of life that you made me to live. Thank you for making peace with me. And it's in your name that I pray this. Amen. Now, that's a really simple prayer. But you know what? It is an extremely powerful prayer because it's a prayer that recognized God and I, we got this relationship with each other. And when I have a relationship with God, then guess what? All the promises of God, they're now for me. Including this promise of peace. So the very first step in receiving and continuing on God's promise of peace is to make sure, you guys, that you've made peace with God through Jesus Christ. That is the most important first step. The second thing, and this one might surprise you to enjoy God's peace on a daily basis, is you need to give your body rest. You just need to give your body rest. I, I, I've found that a lot of people I know who lack peace think it's an emotional problem or they think it's a spiritual problem when the truth is, first, maybe they just need to look at the physical and see that they don't have any peace because they're not getting adequate rest. Our body and our soul are tied together in more ways than we realize. Now, the Bible says that although I can't control the circumstances in my life, there are decisions in my life that I can make to ensure that my body gets the rejuvenation it needs to receive God's peace. Rest is so important, you guys, that it's on God's top ten list. Did you know that? It's part of the Ten Commandments. One of these decisions is to take what the Bible calls a Sabbath. Give yourself rest. God says, even God says, look... I took one day out of seven to rest. I did it not because I had to. I mean, I'm God. <laughs> I didn't have to. I did it as an example to you that you would take one day out of seven because I designed your body to need that kind of rest. Why? Because rest for the body will help pave the way for peace. I know a lot of people who have driven themselves so hard. They're so driven and they don't take a day of rest, and then suddenly, you know what happens? They end up doing something stupid or hurtful. I've done this. They end up saying something or doing something that they never would have done because they didn't get adequate rest. Maybe they, they were so driven and they got so prideful, right, that they, they lost their humility. I don't know. Maybe they broke a relationship because they were driving themselves so hard. Guys, that's burning the candle at both ends. Now, I know, maybe not everybody, but for some of you watching online, some of you hearing this, this might be one of the hardest things I could ask you to consider doing. I mean, 
But it's also one of the most important because it's one of the ways that we posture ourselves to receive the peace of God in our lives. Without the rest we need, our hearts lose peace. And when our hearts lose peace, we get restless. And when we get restless, we do dumb things. (laughs) That's just what happens to us as human beings. I, of all people, know. Okay, listen, I'm preaching to myself more than you guys. I know how easy it is to get addicted to activity. I, this is me to a T. Some of you are the poster children of busy. And I'm not talking about just like you're constantly busy bodies. Maybe for some of you, it's up here. Can anyone relate to this? I can't turn my brain off. That's me. It's constantly going. I, I don't know how to just be still and rest. And I'm telling you, whether it's just driving yourself or it's a mental thing, it's not a healthy place to be. God has something to say to us very clearly about the rest that we need. Have you guys ever found a verse in the Bible and you were like, that wasn't there before? You ever found that verse, right? And you come across, you're like, wait a second, where did that come from? This was one of those verses, you guys, that I'm like, where did that come I've never read this before. What in the world? Look at Psalm 127. This is God speaking to his people. Listen to what he says. It is senseless for you to work so hard from early morning until late at night, fearing you will starve to death or whatever drives you, whatever is driving you. For God wants his loved ones to get their proper rest. That was never in the Bible before. I'm just telling you, it just popped up this week as I was saying. So in that verse, you guys, God is saying in a very loving way, I love you, but stop it. Just slow down. Get one day in seven. Who is God? God is not the giver of burdens. What is he? He's the prince of peace. He's the prince of peace. And when we get this rest that we need, something amazing starts to happen in our lives. It actually creates, and I I found this this week as I was studying, it creates this feedback loop of peace. Can I show you Proverbs 14, 30? Look at what it says. It says, a heart at peace gives what? Life to the body. So when I get the rest I need, It gives my heart peace. And when my heart gets peace, it gives life to the body. You see this? There's a loop here that's going on and that can provide you with the strength that you need so that you can keep going and handling life. Some of you, as we talked about this, even though it might have made you a little uncomfortable, this is the point that you need to hear today. Maybe the most helpful thing you need is to just go home and take a nap today. Now, I can already hear the men in here elbowing their wives going, yes, did you hear that, honey? I get to take a nap today. Okay, don't use that as an excuse to be lazy, all right, okay? But you know what? Maybe some of you here need a nap. Maybe you just need to rest. Third, and I think this is, we can, we can not understand this, is tell God what you need. When you need peace, Your circumstances are out of control. You're feeling like, what is happening? Tell God what you need. 
When those stressful moments pop up, you tell God what you need. It sounds so simple, doesn't it? When it comes to enjoying God's peace, God actually gives us like a prescription for this. Did you notice? I picture God as this like huge, wonderfully wise doctor. And he says, I'm going to give you the prescription for dealing with stress so you can experience more peace. And it's found in Philippians 4, 6, and 7. I want you to look at this. Here's what he says. He says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Incredible, incredible verse. I want more of that, you guys. I want more of this peace that he's talking about. I want peace to guard my heart. And you know what? I want that for you. That was my prayer this week. For whoever's hearing this, that this would just stick. If that's going to happen, we've got to understand the principle of anything and the principle of everything that's in this verse. The principle of anything is don't worry about anything. And the principle of everything is pray about everything. Don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. Now, if you're like me, sometimes you get your anything and your everything mixed up. And you worry about everything and you pray about nothing. You don't pray. You don't pray about anything. And then, of course, we don't have God's peace in our lives because it's a matter of just simply telling God what you need. God says, here's the prescription. Tell me what you need. Thank me for the answers, even if you don't like them. And you're going to experience my peace. But it starts with the simple step of telling God what you need. I found over the years in talking to people, right, we struggle with this. And maybe I'm the only one in the room. But you struggle with actually telling God exactly what you need. And I, I was thinking about this. I don't know if it's because we feel like God doesn't have enough time for my prayers, or we feel like, well, my requests are too small compared to what other people need. You know what I think it is? I think we're really just afraid that he'll say no. Which he might. He might. So you know what we do? We tiptoe around telling God what we actually need. We have a struggle to say, God, here's exactly what I need in this circumstance. But the Bible says, here's the prescription, tell God what you need. Do you know we actually change the meaning of this verse that we just looked at sometimes? Can, can we throw that back on the, up on the screen? I want to throw Philippians uh, 4 back up on the screen. Okay, Sometimes we make this verse into a list. We read it and we find all these different ways to pray. We go, okay, as we're reading, we go, okay, don't be anxious about anything. But everything by prayer, okay, we need to pray prayers. And supplication, okay, you need to have supplication, which is humble prayers. And thanksgiving, okay, we need to have times of thanksgiving and also requests. We say, oh, you need to have these four kinds of prayers. That's what we do with that verse. That's not what the verse says. Can we look at it again? Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. There's only one kind of prayer there. Requests. 
You know, in other places in the Bible, right, there's other kinds of prayer. But here, the prescription to deal with worry and stress and to have God's peace in my life is you got to tell God what you need. Sometimes we make prayer so complicated, you guys. I make prayer so complicated. we got to simplify it. Make it simple. Let your request be made known to God. Tell God what you need and tell him as soon as you need it with a humble prayer and thankfulness in your heart. That's it. But we can make it so complicated. One of the struggles I have sometimes is we wait until it all goes bad and then we pray. Why not pray before it all goes bad and then maybe it won't all go bad? I'm not promising that it won't go bad, but still, God will be there even if it does go bad. I think we'd all be amazed at how many problems we avoid in our lives by praying in advance. I've discovered, you guys, I need to be more proactive in my prayers and less reactive. It also says in these verses, right, that God wants to set up his peace like a guard on your heart. I love that imagery. Well, if you're going to set a guard at your door, you don't wait until a thief shows up and then you call and say, hey, I need a guard right now. You don't wait until the problem happens. You set it up in advance. So as soon as you know you have a need, you tell God. Just all through the day, God, I need this. God, I need this. And if the thought crosses your mind, and this often goes through my mind, well, what if it's not really what I need? Then guess what? God will tell you. Okay? God will say, no, you don't really need that. You need this. It's one of the amazing things that happens when you tell God what you need. He's honest with you. So you make your request to God, you let God know what you need, and then you trust him with the answer. That's one of the keys, you guys, to experiencing God's personal peace. The last thing that I think I, I, would, that I, I would encourage us to do, and I've had to do this so many times, and, and a lot of those situations I shared at the front end, is I think we just need to focus our thoughts on Jesus. We need to focus our thoughts on Jesus. To experience more of God's peace in my life, I've got to hone in my mind on Jesus. One of the greatest promises for peace in all the Bible is found in Isaiah 26. I love this verse, you guys. It says this. It says, He, he will keep in perfect peace all those who trust in him, whose thoughts turn often to the Lord. Guys, this is such a great promise. My daily experience of peace is a matter of where I choose to focus my thoughts on. The world says what? Think positive thoughts. You know what Isaiah says? Isaiah says, no, think God thoughts. Think about God. Think about his peace in your life. Think about his presence in your life. Notice it says here, perfect peace. Now, there's not much that's perfect in this world. I'm not perfect my circumstances sure aren't perfect. The people around me are not perfect. But God says, I want to give you my perfect peace. God's presence in the midst of your imperfect world. Not perfect conditions, but perfect peace. Not even perfect emotions, but God's presence in the midst of your imperfect emotions. As I was thinking about that, just like my emotions, you guys... 
find yourself in those situations where you're just a roller coaster ride, you are all over the board. This idea, you guys, that God can give peace even in the middle of negative emotions was so far-fetched to me. Like I thought about it. I was like, how is that even possible? How does that work? But who should we look to as the ultimate example of modeling this? Sunday school answer? Jesus, thank you, right? The answer is always Jesus, right? We should look at Jesus as the example. I think when a lot of people think about peace, they think of what? They think, no emotion. If you're at peace, it's like, ah, I've got no emotions. But Jesus was always at peace. He's perfect. So he's always in that place of peace. But when you look at Jesus, he had strong emotions, He was angry with the religious leaders because they were unjust to people. He was disappointed with his disciples and he let them know about it. You could feel the irritation in his his voice, in his words sometimes, right? He was pressured, you guys, beyond measure in the Garden of Gethsemane as he looked to the cross that he was going to die on the next day. And yet, in the midst of that, Jesus still experienced God's peace. The example that Jesus shows us is that you don't need to wait until the stress is over to enjoy God's peace. He can give you peace in the midst of the stress. He does that not by changing your circumstances. He does it by changing your focus. Let me show you this verse in Colossians 3. Here's what it says. It says, let let the peace that Christ gives control your Now, I struggle with this. I do, you guys. I mean, if I'm going through a time of stress, maybe it's relational stress, maybe it's circumstantial stress, I tend to dwell on it until my whole day is ruined. Just ask my wife, because she has to hear about it all the time. Or you know what's even worse? I can lie in my bed for an hour, two hours, three hours, sitting there thinking about it, worrying about it, and then... I'm more anxious three hours into sleep than I was before my head hit the pillow. I'm not, my first thought is not always the peace of Christ is controlling my thinking. As I studied this passage, I found there's actually a meaning behind this phrase, control your thinking. And I, I think it can, it can help us. It can show a practical way to deal with worry and stress and allow us to count on God's promise of peace. Now, the Greek understanding behind this phrase, this is so cool, you guys, control your thinking. The Greek meaning behind this literally means to umpire your thinking or referee your thinking. That's the idea behind it. I want to show you this same verse, but in a different translation. And now, don't throw rotten fruit at me, okay? because I'm using a different translation, because I think this translation gives us this incredible picture of what the author is trying to communicate. Here's Colossians 3.15, same verse in the amplified version, okay? Here's what it says. Let the peace, soul harmony, which comes from Christ, rule, act as umpire continually in your hearts, Deciding and settling with finality all questions that arise in your minds. I love this, you guys. Gosh, I could cling to this all day. 
So the picture is this. You let the peace of Christ be the umpire. You let the peace of Christ make the call. Even if you're not familiar with baseball, okay, you know the umpire gets to call the pitches. And whether you agree or disagree, the decision is 100% the umpire's to make. Everybody in the stands, you see the pitch coming, you're like, that was a ball. But if he says strike, it was a strike. We let the peace of Christ be the umpire. You could, and this is what I do sometimes, you could let fear be the umpire. And I've done, oh no, here, here we go again. It's happening all over again. I knew this was going to happen again. And we let fear make the call. Fear starts to control your thinking. Or, you know what, I thought of this one too. I've done this. Maybe you think you should be the umpire. And you say, I got to make this work. I got to fix it. It's all up to me. If it's going to be, it's up to me. I got to make this happen. You try to be the umpire. That usually doesn't work out so well. We got to let Jesus make the call. Let him be the umpire. And, and I thought, like, what, is that? what does that sound like? And I thought, Jesus, it goes, Jesus, okay, you're going to have to walk me through this. I know you've got a purpose. I know you have a plan for my life here. Okay, I know you probably even have some next steps for me to take. And I'm probably not going to like them. But I need your help and I need your faith even in the midst of this. So Jesus, you make the call. You guide my steps. And I'll trust that you have my best in mind. Let Jesus be the umpire. So who are you going to allow? You can allow fear to make the call. You can allow stress to make the call. You can allow worry to make the call. Or you can allow Jesus to make the call. Choose to focus on Jesus. And as I continually do that, that's where the peace of God enters my life. Let me share one final verse as we close that I hope will just, it'll just boost your spirits, you guys. The words of Jesus Christ himself. He gathered his disciples together. Okay, I picture he would gather us together, right? If he was here with us physically and he was going home to heaven back like he did 2,000 years ago, here's what he says. He looked him in the eyes and he said this in John 16. He says, listen, I've told you these things, all these things that I've taught you so that in me you may have peace. You will have suffering in this world. It's going to happen. Be courageous. Church, can I tell you? Be courageous. Because Jesus has conquered the world. Cling to that. That's the power and the promise of his peace. That's why he's able to give peace in any circumstances, during any feelings, right? Because he's overcome the world. Peace means that you know that God is in control and you trust that God will prevail in the end and that you feel God's presence in the midst of whatever you are suffering. We talked earlier about telling God what you need and praying for peace. So I'd like to end by doing just that, praying for that together. So you guys, if that's your heart this morning, if you're watching online and you're like, man, I need that, then 
just, just simply pray this prayer with me. Just say, Father, I want your peace. I want your gift of peace even in the midst of what I'm facing right now. Even in the midst of whatever is coming this year. Give me your peace. Thank you that you made peace with me by showing your love on the cross. And so I receive right now that gift of peace. And Lord, I want to pray for all of us. I pray right now that in our hearts, by the gift of your peace, we would know that you are in control. We will trust that you will prevail in the end and that, you would fe- and that we would feel the sense of your presence right now midst of whatever we're facing. Give it to us. Give it to us. Give it to us. We want your peace. We ask for this together in Jesus' name. Amen.